tonight brother brad's going to come and preach for us and come on up brother you can get that mic set up over there for yourself it's on you just have to flip it over <clears throat> but um he is um of course working with our uh, uh sunday school here he's doing also uh overseeing the bus maintenance and ministry there uh he's not the bus director but he does handle all the buses making sure they're up and running him and some others give him a hand with that and so we're excited about that uh, definitely a needed area um and so uh, he's doing a great job for us. Plus, he's pretty handy. Uh, he does a lot of different things like that. Uh, don't call on him to fix your house or renovate the home, probably, because we could use him around here probably a little more than that. But uh, he does know how to do some things, and it's been helpful. It's been a blessing to us as we're obviously in transition into a new building, as well as a number of modifications to homes that we've been taking care of. 
And so he's been a real help to us. And, of course, he's my son-in-law as well. That, that's all right. He's actually, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad, you know. It's, that's pretty good, isn't it? You know, no complaints, you know what I mean? So that's good. And uh, that's exciting. And so, uh, anyway, I've asked that he come and preach, and I think uh, you're going to be glad uh, you're here tonight. Uh, I know the Lord has something special from him for us, and uh, I know I'm looking forward to it. God bless you, brother. All right, well, I do appreciate the opportunity that uh, Pastor gives me. I don't take it lightly to be able to uh, stand behind this pulpit. As you can tell, I get a little nervous, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, excited to serve here at Community Baptist Temple. And uh, the Lord's doing great things. And, uh, you know, some people ask me, so how is it, you know, have uh, your boss be your father-in-law and be your pastor and things? Well, it's great. It's great. And the Lord's blessed me with a great pastor, great boss, and great in-laws. And and I don't just say that because I'm up here. And um, I thank God for the opportunity that he's given me. I know this is um, where the Lord's led me and uh, just the things that I've learned. Um, already under our pastor and the leadership of this church. And I'm uh, just so thankful for that and for the opportunity uh, to serve our Lord. And uh, so I hope, uh, I hope you're here tonight to, uh, to, serve the, to serve the Lord. You know, as uh, I know I enjoy Wednesday night because it's that, that extra shot, you know, to make it through the week. And uh, we all need that. Uh, you know, the devil, he is, uh, he's out there roaring like a lion. And uh, he's trying to take down God's people. But uh, we've got the Lord on our side, and we know uh, who comes out ahead in the end. And so that's what we had to, to look forward to. If you have your Bibles tonight, you can turn to uh, Psalm 12. Psalm 12. Read a couple verses from there. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about what the Lord would have for me. And as we uh, go into 2014, you know, where uh, our theme is fight the good fight and the year of the soul. And... Um, you know, one thing that, uh, that I really learned from uh, this ministry and from under pastor is, uh, you know, it's good to set goals and to have goals in place. But if you don't have a plan to accomplish it, then you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to see anything done. And I was, I was thinking about that. I was saying there's some things that we have to do in our life that we have to get right if we want to see God blessed. If we want to see God uh, work this year in 2014 at Community Baptist Temple, then there's some things that it's got to start with me. There's some things that's got to start with you. And as I think about uh, the authentic Christian life, you know, and what just what does that mean? Well, you know, authentic means uh, genuine, real, true. And tonight, you know, I want you to consider, do you have an authentic walk with the Lord? Are you living the authentic Christian life? I think, uh, you know, the world does a good job at getting our focus off Jesus Christ. And the devil, he, he throws so many things up against us to get us sidetracked and discouraged. Um, I just think today uh, I ran down to uh, Wendy's to get some lunch. And I was sitting there in the drive-thru, and, and it was packed. And, uh, you know, I said, I'm going to give this guy a track, you know. And I placed my order, and I'm going up there. And the devil's already thinking, man, this guy's too busy. He's, he's, too, he's too busy. He doesn't want to hear about this. Don't do it. It's, you know, it's right here from the church. He's probably got like 15,000 of them already, you know. And he'll charge me extra or spit my food or something, you know. So, But, you know, even in uh, his hectic schedule there at the window, you know, 
said, hey, I just want to invite you out to my church. And uh, you wouldn't believe what he said. You know, he said, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, sometimes we just think the worst, but we never know till we try it. And um, then that, that Baconator that I got. Oh, man. I had the guys at the lunch table drooling over their cells. But um, that's another subject. But, you know, the, the devil, he likes to use fear. He likes to use fear to overcome us. And uh, not only that, but then he likes to draw things from the past. So, yo, you remember that time when you did this or this happened? God can't use you. You can't be of any use to God. So why don't you just give up? It's no use. But, of course, you know, you think of uh, so many people in the Bible. And, of course, you know, right off the bat, we think of David. You know, David didn't give up, did he, when he fell into sin? You know what he did? He got right. He repented. got right with God. And uh, he moved on and did great things for the Lord. And that's all the Lord asks of us, that, uh, that we give it our best, that we try. So I want to look at uh, just three things tonight that will help us in our Christian life if we focus on these things and not focus on so much other things in the world or focus on ourselves. Uh, let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do just thank you for this opportunity that we have to come to you tonight, Lord, and open up your word, Lord. I just pray that you would speak to uh, each and every one of our hearts here today, Lord, that we can be challenged from your word, Lord, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In Psalm chapter 12, verse 6, it says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of, of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. I see first thing that we need to get our focus on the Word of God. We need to get our focus on the book. I see that it's preserved. We just read there that it's preserved in, in 1 Peter 1.25 says, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. You know, the word of God goes all the way back to the beginning. And uh, we base everything on our Christian life out of the word of God. Why? Because it's true. We don't have to worry about wondering, well, is God going to do what he says? Or, well, should I do this or not do this? No, we just do it because it's true. It's true. The Word of God is true. You know, I get a kick out of uh, people that believe in evolution and things. You know, they think, uh, oh, one day there's this big bang and boom, here's everything. And then, like, I don't know, there's some algae on a pond that turned into a tadpole that formed into a frog and jumped out of the water and then turned into a monkey. And then, before you know it, there's humans. You know, and I'm like... Okay, what is easier to believe, you know, that or that God created everything? You know, I just look back and says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That settles it for me. You know, and we don't we don't base it on uh, what sounds good to us or whatever, but we base it on the word of God. We go back to creation because that's what the Bible says. That's what God did. You know, God's word has been preserved and been passed down from generation to generation. You know, I'm thankful that. I have the opportunity to have the very words of God and that um, the King James Bible is the very words of God and that it's been preserved for the English speaking people. And I'm thankful that I have not just one, but multiple copies. Now, I can have a copy in my office, copy at home, just have it everywhere. But how many times do we take the word of God for granted? I see that the, the word of God is preserved. Not only is it preserved, it's perfect. In Psalm 19, starting in verse 7, it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, 
Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Now it says that the word of God here is more precious than gold and sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. But do we treat it like that? How do we treat the Word of God? Do we just pull it off the shelf on Wednesday or Sunday say, Oh, it's church day. It's time to get the Bible off the shelf. Let's uh, brush off the dust. You know, I'm thankful that God just doesn't provide for my needs and doesn't just protect me and, and answer my prayer on Wednesday and Sunday. You know, I'm thankful that He's faithful even throughout the week. You know, if we want to see great things done by God, then we've got to start with a walk that's daily. Not just coming to God in a time of trouble or just, hey, you know, a couple days a week. I'm thankful that's not how God treats us. You know, and uh, God, is, God is always faithful, amen? Even when we're not, God is always faithful. I'm thankful for that. You know, they, uh, there were people that died that gave their life for this Word of God, for the Bible. You know, there's people in foreign lands that have never been able to hold a copy of it. You know, and uh, I think sometimes as Americans, there's so many things that we just have. It's so easy for us to get. And I think of the time when I took a missions trip to Mexico. And that was the first missions trip um, out of the States that I took. And man, did it open up my eyes. You know, I saw little kids sitting in huts that didn't have any electricity, no running water. They're uh, drinking water out of this mud pit right in front of their door. Well, there was no door, the doorway. But you know what? The biggest thing that I saw was they were happy. Amen. They were excited. And, uh, man, we go around there and we had a vacation Bible school and you pass out cookies and juice and, and that was the best thing on the world. You know, but you pass that out to kids in America, they're like, well, oh, I get this all the time, you know. But just to see... Uh, thankfulness and gratitude for what we have and i think you know that the word of god is something that we've got to get our our focus back on the word of god we've got to get back into the word of god you know how we um we learn you know christ give us the example he he tells us his this bible is our roadmap. this is how we get through he he has all the answers for the things there so i ask you not how do you cherish the word of god we see that it's preserved it's perfect, but I see this is the part where it gets us. It's piercing. In Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints tomorrow, and it is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, the word of God can just rip you right open. And you know, sometimes you think, uh, you ask somebody, you know, why aren't you in your Bible like you should be? You say, oh, well... Um, my schedule just doesn't allow it. I'm too busy. Well, if we're too busy for God, then we're just way too busy. We need to change our schedule. But I think sometimes it's because we're afraid to. Because you know what the Bible does? It reveals things to us. It reveals things in my life. It convicts me on things. Say, hey, you know what? You shouldn't have done what you just did. Here's God's law. He says, hey, this is what happens if you do this. 
You know, sometimes we, we don't think of the long term. Think of the consequences. You know, the Bible says that we're going to reap for what we sow. And there's always going to be that, even though it's not right down the road, it's something that's going to come up. It's going to be something. But you know what? We don't let that get us down. We overcome that with the Lord's strength and uh, through His power. And we don't let that get us down. You know, that's why it's a constant battle with the flesh. And that's why Paul says, I've got to die daily. I've got to die daily to this old flesh. This is the old nature. But thank God that if you're born again, then you've got the new nature. And you've got Christ living in you. You can overcome. You know, the Bible tells us in John fourteen fifteen, if you love me, keep my commandments. So what are we saying if we don't keep God's commandments? You know, we might not come out and say, God, I don't love you. But if we're not keeping his commandments, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, it's easy to just say, I love you. But it's when you show that, when you put it to action. You know, that's what Christ did when he died for us. You know, I think of that song that they sang on Sunday, written in red. And I love that song. And you know what Calvary says? It says, I love you. I love you. You know, I, I love just thinking about the love of God because I can never wrap my mind around it. I can never comprehend how someone would give their son to die for someone like me. You know, there's no good in me and all our, even our righteousness are as filthy rags. You know what? God sees value in each and every one of us. Don't, don't ever let Satan or somebody tell you, you know what? You're, you're not worth anything. Because you know what I tell them? You know what? I must be worth quite a bit because God sent His only Son to die for me. I mean, how much value is that? I don't have any kids yet, but and I couldn't imagine sending my son. You know, and I'm sure that there's some people in here that have lost a child, son or a daughter. And I couldn't imagine going through that. But thinking how God gave His only son to die for people that were going to mock Him, spit in His face, pluck His beard out, even the people that walked with Him, Peter ultimately denying Him. Those weren't surprises for God. God knew it was going to happen. But that's how much His love is. And that's how much He showed. I see we need to focus on the Word of God. Don't let the piercing of it scare you. Don't let... Because that's God working. You know, that's God working. You know, and don't let... You think, man, all I do is going through trials and temptation and things in my life. You know, the Bible tells us that if we're going through those things, then we're doing something right. Because we got an adversary, the devil, who's out after us. You know, if, if he's not after you, then you might want to start thinking about something. Because the devil's not going to be after somebody that's not out making a difference. And that's what we want to do. We want to make a difference for Jesus Christ. We want to reach more souls. I see something else that we need to focus on is the blood of Christ. I see that it's purifying. In Revelation 1.5 it says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, 
unto Him that loved us and washed us from all our sins in His own blood. Amen. You know, it was God's blood that covered our sins on Calvary. It wasn't just anybody's blood. It was our perfect Savior, that unspot, the unblemished, no-spotted blood. You know, if I would have died on a cross for you, my blood wouldn't have done any good to you. You'd still be as lost today as you ever could be. But it was His precious blood. The blood purifies us. I see that uh, the the love that Christ showed there by uh, shedding the blood. And we see that, you know, in the Old Testament, how they gave sacrifices for their sins and things to cover that. But you know, when Christ died, that was the final sacrifice. The Father said that He was satisfied. The blood was poured on the mercy seat that He was satisfied and that there wouldn't have to be any other sacrifices made. I see that the blood is powerful. In Hebrews 9.22, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Without shedding of blood is no remission. You know, that's some of the problems with these different versions of the Bible today. They want to take out things that they think are minor, but things like the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. If it wasn't for Him shedding His blood on Calvary, then we would be lost on our way to burning lake of fire. You know, I think the blood's important. The deity of Christ is important. The virgin birth is important. If it wasn't for that, then we would have been born of... Uh, uh, then Christ would have had sinful nature and even things. We know that He was born of a virgin, that He was perfect. There, there was no sin or there was no fault found in Him. See, not only though is it um, powerful, but it's precious. In 1 Peter 1, uh, 19 through 20, it says, But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who barely was foreordained before the foundations of the world, was manifest in these last times for you. You know, like I said before, it wasn't just any blood. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You know, salvation is free to us, but it costs our Savior a great price. We all know First Corinthians 6.20 says, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, sometimes we think, well, I'm my own person. I can do what I want. You know, if we really get down to it, we're bought with a price. We're not ours. You know, we're supposed to present our bodies a living sacrifice to Jesus Christ. And you know what I love about that portion of Scripture there in Romans chapter 12? It says, this is your reasonable service. You know, sometimes we think that, man, we're really doing God a favor. You know, man, He just couldn't make it without us. No, He's saying, this is your reasonable service. He's saying, look what I have done. And you think that, I'm asking too much of you. You know, sometimes we get overwhelmed and we think that, you know, we think, man, God, you're just, you're just taking me out the end, you know. I can't do anymore. I'm, over, I'm already overloaded. And he says, look at the cross. Look at Calvary. Look what I did. Kind of puts it in perspective of where we're at, you know. And He promises that He would never give us anything that we couldn't bear. You know, aren't you thankful for the promises of God? I heard that there was like over 7,000 promises vowed from God 
I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I know there's a lot. And uh, I haven't taken the time to count them all out. But I'm thankful for the promises of God and that they're always true. You know, we go back to it's truth. It's always truth. And we see the precious blood. Um, we see that the ultimately sacrifice that he gave. You know, and, and we compare that to what little sacrifice we think we do for Christ, you know, is nothing. But everything that we do is needed. And it plays a vital role, you know. Um, just like Pastor has been uh, preaching and teaching, you know, we're a body. And man, the body can't function without every member. And, you know, you say, well, yeah, it can. You can do it without a finger or something. But you know what? You can't perform to your fullest potential. And that's what we want to do. That's what we're striving to do our fullest potential. You know, the Bible tells us that God doesn't want us to to be just lukewarm. Say He'd rather spew us out of His mouth. He'd rather be cold or hot. And we ought to have the desire, hey, we we want to be hot. We want to be on fire for Jesus Christ. We want to do the best that we can do. And we have to start with ourselves. We have to say, okay, God, chisel me away. You know, I think of that video that was shown. Keep going back to that. You know, sometimes it hurts. We talk about getting in the Word of God and when it's piercing. You know, sometimes that chisel, man, that hurts. You know, sometimes it's we just don't want to give it up. Oh, come on, God. I'll give you this, but I'm going to keep this. He says, you can't serve two masters. You can't be in the world and be of the world and want to please me and serve me all at the same time. So it doesn't work. You know, we like to, to walk the, the tightrope, you know, and be half in and half out. God says, hey, I want you all the way in or all the way out. You know, sometimes to our shame, I think uh, a lukewarm Christian can be one of the worst testimonies to people out in the world. You know why? Because, you know, the old saying where they say, you might be the only Bible that some people read. What are they getting? And that's, that's so true. You know, you go out in the world and a lost person can tell you what a Christian's supposed to be and what a Christian's supposed to do. And they are watching. They are watching. And uh, sometimes, you know, we think, oh man, no one's, no one's around, no one's seeing. But even if no one is watching, God's there. God's watching. And that's who ultimately we need to be concerned about. We don't need to be concerned about other people. We're not supposed to compare ourselves to other people you know, sometimes as Christians, it's easy to say, oh, well, I'm doing as much as so-and-so. Or I'm doing more than so-and-so. But is that how we uh, measure our Christian, our Christian success in life? You know, we ought to, to compare ourselves to Jesus Christ, and we're never going to measure up. Now, that doesn't mean, oh, man, I'm just never going to measure up, so I quit trying. We keep striving to be better, to do more. I see that, uh, look, focus on the Word of God, focus on His blood, His dying, his, the free gift of salvation that He gives us. Then thirdly, I see looking for that blessed hope. Looking forward to that blessing hope. It's a, it's a promising hope that we have. There in Titus chapter 2, 13, it says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, and that word hope there, it's not just like, oh, I hope so. I hope that he's coming. No, this is a hope that knowing for sure 
that Jesus Christ is coming again. And uh, you can take that two ways. Uh, you can be excited about that or it can kind of scare you. Because you know what? He could come back at any time and where is He going to find us? If He comes back on a Wednesday night, is He going to find you in church? If He comes back on Sunday, is He going to find you at church? Where is He going to find you? What are you going to be doing? You know, uh, we always, we want to hear when we're done that, you know, well done, now good and faithful servant. Will He be able to tell us that? You know, and... The good part about it is He's still giving us time. There's still time to improve, to do more, to be better. The Lord is still giving us that time. I see that uh, it's a promise that He's given us. And uh, I see that we can look forward to that glorious day when Christ comes. You know, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, man, I just think of Brother Jurgen. You know, he's around here helping us do whatever. You know, I mean... We're always using his truck, banging it around, throwing stuff in it. And uh, But you know what? I think it, When I think of Brother Jurgen, you know what? I think of a good spirit. An encouraging spirit. Somebody that loves the Lord and he'll just uplift you. You cannot be in a bad mood and be around Mr. Jurgen. I mean, I've tried it. It just doesn't work. You know, he's going to encourage you. He's going to get you laughing. And then, you know, he's just going to get you excited. He's always talking about the Lord coming back. Man, he's singing, praising God. He's over here half dead. You know, he's been in bed for four days. Can't even. But he's over here praising God, you know. And uh, and I just love it. And I could go around the room and name a bunch of people like that. And that's encouraging to me. You know, just to see people that's involved and excited about the things of Christ. And uh, as a young guy, I just want to say, you know, I mean, that's important. You guys, you know, I'm looking up to a lot of you guys. And, uh, you know, uh, as I was talking, I just thought of something that I forgot to say earlier. So I'm backtracking. But uh, in the very very beginning, you know, I see these young guys down here. And I'm thankful that the Lord's given us a lot of good young guys. Amen. And, uh, you know, I remember something in Bible college that they always warned us. And I said, Bible college is the easiest place to backslide. But What? How do you figure that, you know? We're kind of, you know, we're away from the world, we're thinking. But it's true. And, you know, it's because, you know what, you start uh, relying on other people's religion and walk with Christ. You think, oh, well, we're going to read our Bible in class today, so I won't have to read my Bible today. And, I mean, we go to chapel services three times a week, plus three church services a week. I mean, we're getting enough church, you know. We're getting enough Bible. Pray before every class. And... um that's something, I don't know, Lord just gave me a challenge, you guys, that just to stick with it, and and even in that stage, I know we got some that are at Bible college now, and, uh, and I, you know, I just came out of Bible college, and I'm not this big seasoned veteran, you know, but the Lord has is, is taught me some things along the way, and I'm thankful for, uh, you know, I just want to be able to pass those on, you know, sometimes it's so hard at a young age to take advice from people. I know it's something that you know, I struggled with, you know, with my youth pastor. He told me things. And then uh, just recently, well, not recently, but, you know, right after I get out of uh, the youth group, basically, you know what I'm doing? I'm going back and saying, hey, I'm sorry. You know, I could have saved me a lot of time and trouble if I would have just listened to you. And uh, so I challenge you, you know, to, to take some advice from 
uh, veteran Christians and things that, you know, they really do. They're not doing it just to be mean. And that's something that, you know, you have to go through a phase in your life to realize that, I think, you know. Uh, and you go back and you think, man, my parents knew something. <clears throat> man. Ah, you know, but uh, it's fun, though, to go back and to, to be able to say that now, you know, and, and tell them, you know, hey, uh, I appreciate what you do for me, you know, and I appreciate um, just the heritage. That's something that the Lord's really taught me li- lately, too, is how good I've got it from a godly heritage and how that's been passed on. But also it's it's a challenge that you don't drop the ball and that you pass that on. And I, I don't want to be the one that's guilty to say, man, I've had three, four, or five generations of Christian heritages, and then, well, what happened with you? You know, where are your kids at and things? And uh, I know we got to trust the Lord with that and things, And but the uh, Bible says train them up in the way that they should go. It will not depart from it. And that's that's what we had to rely on. We had to rely on the Word of God and the truth that He says and not fall away from it. So, back on track. Uh, but uh, I see that it's a, a, a perpetual, uh, continuing forever, the blessed hope. That's something that uh, never ends. That's something else that I always just stop and think about eternity. And ever since I was a little kid, I always just went outside and looked up at the stars. Man, eternity. How, what is, you know, we're just so used to time. And I'm like, no, give me some years or give me some, you know, but for all eternity and how, uh, how awesome that's going to be to be in eternity with our Lord and Jesus Christ. But on the flip side of that, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's an eternity of separation. Eternity of separation from God and eternity of the lake of fire, of torment and pain. And that's what our goal is, is rescuing those people from that fire. You know, growing up, I wanted to be a firefighter. And uh, I was in some firefighter training stuff, and I uh, volunteered at a, a little fire station back home and things. And, man, I always thought that's what I wanted to be. And then uh, the Lord changed my call, you know. It, well, actually, He never changed it. That's what it always was. I just wasn't listening. But, uh, you know, I opened up to God working with me and, you know, but I get the benefit of both. I'm still a firefighter and uh, trying to put out Satan's fires and save people from the fire. So the way I look at it, I got the best of both worlds to do. And uh, so, uh, but that that's what we're striving for. And that's what our focus, you know, I we talked about our focus in the beginning. So. You have to ask yourself today, what is your focus? Are you focusing on self? Is it what I can gain? Is it so that I can build a name? Or or is it I want to focus on God? Because if we focus on His Word, if we focus on Him, and we focus on His commandments, then we're going to do all the things. You know, we're going to be out there reaching souls. We're going to be uh, consistent in our daily walk with Christ. But we have to make that decision. You know, just like I said in the beginning, you know, it's great to lay things out and say, man, oh, man, I want to do this. This is going to be great. This is what we want to do. But unless we lay out what, how we're going to do that. And so this year, how are we going to 
you have to ask yourself, how am I, not how are we, but how am I going to make a difference? You know, I say, hey, I'm a member of Community Baptist Temple, and I've got to do my part. Man, I don't want to let everybody else down because of me. And if we all just took that, you know, if we all just took that approach and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to do my part. You know, we can't, all of us can't do everything. That's what's something about a body team, you know. It takes everybody to get the job accomplished. And that's why we've got to work together. That's why we need everybody. You know, uh, I heard a preacher one time give an illustration. He was talking about the members of the body. And he says, you know, if I have a hammer in this hand and I'm hammering something and I hit my thumb, you know, uh, this hand doesn't get mad at this hand and pick it up and start beating this thumb because this thumb's mad at that. You know, that always stuck with me. You know, you put that in place, you know, we we shouldn't be uh, beating up on other members of the church, you know. I mean, we can't be letting things like that distract us from our ultimate goal. Because when you when you break it down in the scheme of life, is it really that important? You know, uh, that's what it all comes down to, priorities. Where's your priorities? Is it the Word of God or is it, man, he didn't even talk to me today. I'm nobody. Nope. Remember, you're somebody because Christ died for you. And if you just tell yourself that, remember that. So I say, you know, even in your worst day, the worst moment, you got salvation. That ought to at least put a smile on your face. Nothing else. But what are you going to do with that salvation? Are you going to pass it on or just going to keep it to yourself? And, you know, just say, well... I, I've done my part. You know, I got saved. Okay, I'm going to heaven. Good for you, but what about the people dying around you? What about the people that are lost without you? Maybe you're here today and you don't even know Christ is your Savior. I beg you, now is the time. I says, now is the time of salvation. You know, we're not promised our next breath. Lord could come back right now. So what will you do with it? Let's pray. Then, Father, Lord, we do just thank you for this time that we had to come open your word Lord I know you've spoken to my heart Lord how I can do better how I need to focus more on your word Lord cherish it more I take it for granted so easily Lord and there's things you love you dying on the cross Lord never be able to repay you for that Lord but thankful that it's not Good works, it's not riches, it's not things that get you to heaven, but it's just believing on your Son, Jesus Christ. Ask Him to come into your heart and save you. Lord, I pray that if there's someone here tonight that's not done that, that they take this opportunity that you've given them before it's too late. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, challenge each and every one of us what we can do in our life to make a difference in the world around us. Well, thank you for the opportunities that you give us to serve you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.